gentlemen it is your boy sam gilstrap back again that name's got a ring to it like a wedding vow how come nobody loves me <laughs> um the cute little giggle in the back is maggie tisdale hi maggie tisdale hi sam gilstrap thanks for being our special guest today hey no problem you're uh, so welcome it's a, it's been about damn time i think i've been i've been gassing you up about this for like the last three months we've been talking about it a, long time. a very long time. Yeah. Um, well, it's a beautiful Thursday. No, not Thursday. Saturday morning. <laughs> I'm on when I'm on Christmas break. Oh I gosh, have no yeah. idea. You and I both like back to yeah. the world on Tuesday. Oh God, I don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah. I woke up today at like eight to try and like prep myself. Oh sure, sure. Like maybe we'll get started on this. And nope. No. I was sitting there in bed like I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I still have a couple of days where I don't have to do mm -hmm. shit. Oh, don't put me up to this. Yeah. yeah it's I'm not it's looking so forward to it. Yeah. I don't know how you, you got two kids. Yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's going to be really rough. How close are they in age? So they're three years apart, five and eight. Okay. And the littler one is, and we're not going to be able to wake him up at all. Like every day he's been sleeping until like eight thirty, which is great, yeah. <laughs> but also not going to be great when it's going to start. No, it's not. So, um, I suggest getting a squirt bottle and uh, spraying him in the face. That's a good idea. Yeah. He would just love that. Definitely. <laughs> Just fill it up with water, ice cold water. Keep it in the fridge. Uh -huh, That'd be good. Uh -huh. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Gosh, that'd be amazing. Mm. Well, he's folks. A, he's a sastastic kid anyway. Sastastic? Yes. Oh no. What is he already rolling eyes and stuff? <laughs> mm -hmm. Just in general, he's very animated, and it's just really funny. <laughs> it's going to be perfect fit for the tips. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's good. That's a, that's a good kid right there. Yeah. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Ghost Lights Podcast is unofficially brought to you by 90 Schilling from Odell Brewing Company. I had to turn the can because as good as I, as much as I like this good beer, I keep forgetting who makes it. I was about to say New Belgium. And that would have gotten me a lot of tweets, a lot of angry Instagram posts, and I don't need that in my life because I'm, I'm already fragile as it is, as the intro probably proves to you. So, fun fact, though. Tell me. Um, I bought my husband a kegerator for his birthday years and years ago. Mm -hmm. And the very first keg we got was 90 Shilling. Ooh. That's his favorite. It's easy. It is. It's just, it goes down easy. It's just delicious. Exactly. It's, it's a nice little amber. Mm -hmm. It is a nice little amber. I was, out at the, I was out at the liquor store. I was like, what can I get? Everyone likes 90 Shilling. Yes. I'm up. I'm so let's. I'll stop slurping ninety shilling at this moment. Okay. Sounds Cheers good. to you. Cheers. Thanks for being the guest. Hey. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. All right. So the Ghost Lights podcast. Let it begin. Yes. Okay. Maggie. Yeah. Theater. How did it happen? So I have been doing it for as long as I can remember. Um, <laughs> my dad went to school for theater and he acted in high school. He had his own theater company when oh, he was shit. in high school. Like, you know, just, oh, that's right. Yeah, your, your dad is the natly dressed gentleman. Yes. <laughs> from... always, always very dapper mm -hmm. anytime you see him <laughs> in the audience and he's got the big laugh. But yeah, he's a good, he's fantastic. So um, he kind of always did it. And then he worked a little bit in town professionally um, before I was born. So that was kind of cool too. But um, did a lot in school and started doing professional when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. 
I went to college for it. Which, which school? I went to NYU. Oh, sweet. Fish, mm-hmm, and I started the Atlantic Theater Company, which uh, was founded by Mamet and Macy. Oh. Which is a great, just a great acting school. Um, and then, yeah, ended up back here through a series of crazy events and um, been working professionally in Denver since... Oh, 2006, I guess. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Moved away to Seattle for a little while and then came back. Oh, cool. Was like Seattle part of theater as well? or? So that was really because of my husband's job. Hmm. Um, he, no. There's a sweet little kitty here who is a 90 Shilling fan. Yes. Um, it's too funny. Oh, there she goes. Yeah. Um, so we moved to Seattle because my husband got a job at Amazon. Oh. Yeah. They kind of came calling for him. He's a brilliant um, software developer so he we moved out there for a little while and then that's where our second little boy was born and then we decided to to move back to Denver so nice. been back nice. about five years now nice so you've been Amazon Prime for some time oh, oh yes yeah yes. no <laughs> I know I wish that the employee discount was better it's not as good as you think it's going to be oh yeah like 10% which like in Seattle though we had to pay tax oh. and in Denver we didn't ever have to pay tax now you do but I know, so it was like it covered the tax. Like, Come on, Jeff Bezos. Right? Get your shit together. Right? Stop being such, I don't know, an evil villain. <laughs> you Lex Luthor looking <laughs> mofo. Yeah, I hope you hear that. Cause it's I'm sure still, you will. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah, Jeff Bezos loves the You can the also email. It's Jeff at Amazon.com. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah, that's what he has emailed. Oh, like great. Email him, yeah. please. Let's, yeah. Yeah. let's get that trending. Hashtag the Ghost Slides podcast. I love it. Definitely. <laughs> so you are one of the most talented singers in theater that I've come across. Thank you. That's very sweet. Well, I mean, I, I can't sing, so <laughs> take that so with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, she's better than me. She's not tone deaf. She's not terrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, the only time I sing is at karaoke bars, and that's because 80% of the house is like plastered, and, how, and they don't care. How drunk are you by the time you get up there? Oh, I don't. Dead I get, sober. Dead sober, usually. Because like, now's my time to shine. <laughs> yes, yes. I am a performer. What is your go-to karaoke? And why have we never gone karaoke? Um, It's Ordinary People by John Legend. Of course. Or Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Oh, oh, I like that one. Um, Faith by George Michael. Okay. And then before R. Kelly became just... Persona non grata. Yeah, Persona non grata. I can't say that word. Say it for me again. Persona non grata. There it is. Perfect, yeah. She's she's also smarter than me, folks. (laughs) Uh, Before he became that... Um, I would sing, You Remind Me of Something. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. You remind me of my Jeep. I'm going to commit a crime. <laughs> something like my sound. It's unconscionable. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So now we've done that. We've done that. Um, <laughs> we, we, we can put that to bed. What started first? Were you always a singer? Because, mm. right? I mean, th- yeah. your voice sounds practiced. Like there's time to yeah, put in. Yeah. I mean, I would say... I, my dad tells a story of like, I think I, I went to a Catholic school and there was this, um, I don't even know what you call it, but it was called the Catholic, Catholic cultural arts fair and kids would submit whatever art or, mm-hmm. or whatever they were good at. And, um, I would sing and, you know, usually when you've got like a second or third grader singing, everyone's kind of like, Oh, you know, it'll be cutesy or whatever. And my dad said that when he heard me sing a song there, he was like, Oh no, she's, she can actually like sing. And, um, so that was sort of the first, I mean, I'd always sung, of course, but that was sort of the first time that I thought, Oh no, maybe I'm actually a pretty good singer. So, um, 
I definitely worked on it a lot. And I think as an actor too, especially when I was younger and actually no, even, even now, I think <laughs> I'm always like, am I a better singer or am I a better actor? And I think uh-huh. that's always like sort of a, it's always sort of a, a, a difficult sort of row totally. row for some, for, no, totally. some, for some musical theater actors. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think I would, maybe I'm the only one. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you're not. I mean, that that's a, because they are different muscles. Because I was sitting yeah, here while you were yeah. talking, I was thinking like, well, there's there's being an actor, then there's being a musical theater actor, right. and that's not to say that they're disparate and that there's that there can't be a balance where you don't notice, right? Like, because but I I'm always aware of like the presentational, stylistic, musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, like, it's rare that you for me because mm-hmm. I don't see them. So I'm just the uneducated oof of the. There's not a lot, there's not, for me, not a lot of realist yeah. musicals. And then there's yeah. also the idea of just being a singer, which is separate too. Totally. And there's yeah. a different yeah, type yeah, of yeah. performance Absolutely. where it's, and so that's, that's kind of where I'm trying to figure out like the three different people that that yeah. makes up. Yeah. I think, yeah. No, you make, that's a great point. I mean, people, I think for a long time people sort of, and still do, I think they sort of think of, oh, the musical theater actor is not necessarily an actor or as good of an actor or whatever. And I mean, I think that can be true the same way that (laughs) there are actors who are better than other actors too. Um, I felt very strongly when I went to college that I did not want to study musical theater. Mm. Um, I really wanted to study straight theater, dramatic theater, Mm. not just dramatic, obviously comedy as well, but um, I didn't want to be, I mean, I have a, to graduate with a musical theater degree, I wanted the theater degree. And that was just sort of a personal preference for me. Um, I'm also not the world's greatest or even the world's most okay dancer. Mm-hmm. So that's that's definitely where I, where I have a, the hardest time. Mm-hmm. So to me, I really wanted to go for that straight theater. But acting a song is, is challenging. Mm-hmm. And maintaining that sort of that the character that you've built while also singing can be very hard because sometimes you go to musical theater and you'll see a person acting and then they start singing and the if the sound is totally different they don't mm-hmm. sound anything like they've sounded throughout the rest of the show yeah. you know it's not they're very much just singing a song which you know if, especially in children's theater if you've got if you're playing a character that sounds a certain way or carries himself a certain way and then to suddenly start singing like a mature adult definitely sounds there's a little bit of a um, disconnect there yeah yeah totally so i think the preparation is i would say the preparation is probably just as important for a regular for a straight play actor yeah yeah, yeah. as it is for a musical actor yeah um are there things like why like this is a question I've never asked before because I've only been in one musical and I didn't mm-hmm. I was not asked to sing in it. <laughs> I don't know why. Um because if you heard I did a really good rendition of my make fun yeah. of R. Kelly. Well, that moment. director clearly was confused. Well I mean hey, I mean Cookie Hetzel, like what's up? Come on. Come on. You know, I'm a baritone sexy voice. Um I was not allowed to sing and for good reason. Um anyway so at first you said you weren't asked to sing and now you're saying it was not allowed. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's just the truth. It's, I mean, this 90 shillings really strong. I'm not even halfway through it. And I'm already revealing truths about you. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, <laughs> um, back on track. 
questions that I didn't hear asked when I, when I maybe I wasn't even paying attention. So my ears weren't educated enough to like pick up on these questions, but like, why are we singing? There's always been something that like, why is this happening? Yeah. And what are like, what do I gain from it mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, my, what are my goals? What are my tactics here? Yeah, Choices. sure. Is and that something my, you encounter? Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's my, but that's my favorite thing is, um, you sing when words no longer are capable mm. of exploring and explaining the character's feelings. Nice. Similarly, you dance when singing is no longer capable of doing it. Do when you, know you sing mean? and dance. Well, then you're just, you know, you've got a lot going on. <laughs> that's right. Then it's guys adults. They're always having a great time. But I never love seen that, that like, musical. I mean, you have it? No. Oh, it's super fun. Okay. <laughs> you get casted it next time and I'll be. <laughs> I know. I would love to do that someday. Um, but it is funny. It's, it, it, it is. It's sort of like you can tell the musicals that are meant to be musicals and then the musicals that are, they just sort of shove the songs in because they kind of don't fit or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the idea is that you have to sing because you simply cannot find the words to express how that character is feeling anymore. It's so they have to burst into song and it can be a really beautiful thing. And I mean, yeah. I love musical theater. I think there is a place for it and it is an amazing art form and the people who do it are no joke. And I mean, if you're in an ensemble in the musical theater, you are just like, you're amazing because <laughs> you are working harder than anybody else. Oh, on totally. that stage. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Like that's, that's the, uh, the background work that really separates the people who like being actors and the people yeah. who need to be actors, yeah. performers. Yeah. Like that's, it, it requires a great deal of diligence. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Diligence. Diligence. <laughs> wow. But like looking back at like- I need to get back to school. Of, you do, well, Tuesday. Yeah, um, sort of the, the sort of history of theater in general is, you know, there used to be like the singing ensemble and the dancing ensemble. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the way it was, you know, and that's not the case anymore. I mean, that the dancing ensemble has to be able to sing. The singing ensemble has to be able to dance. Absolutely. They also have to move sets a lot. Yeah, I mean, they do. I mean, it's yeah. And if you can, if you can really convey the emotion and the acting piece of it, mm-hmm. then 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 you become that triple threat that everyone talks about. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. those are the people that get egots and stuff. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're not talking about Henry's here. We're talking about egots. Right. We got to get those. Which I got to tell you, when um, I don't know if you ever saw like Chrissy Teigen when she makes fun of John Legend. It's so funny. Just, we get it. You got the egot. You're the best. <laughs> she sounds amazing. <laughs> I love Chrissy Teigen. She's she's afraid of nobody. Yes. Like, and like, I guess you got to be really con- like centered in who you are oh my gosh seriously. to just like not back down to just not she's back. awesome yeah and she i mean puts her whole life out there on instagram and totally. twitter and it's just like she just does not give a crap what you think no and she's married to my favorite man in the world i mean he's an ohio fan uh, <sighs> have you seen uh, his, have you seen his piano at home no his piano at home has got buckeye stickers uh, all over it and to be clear we are saying ohio state we're not yeah, I just refuse to say. I know, I know, but we yeah. can't distinguish. From yeah, yeah, yeah. OSU. Sam and I are both Michigan fans. Go blue! Ooh, ooh. We got destroyed by okay. Bama. So I gotta say, the what? first half though. We were in it for the first half. The first half. The and then, half, and then, Shea much. Patterson did Shea Patterson things. I know. And I'm really glad he's graduating. Congratulations. <laughs> Good for you. 
yeah, I hope you got a great degree and that it works out for you at the next level. Honestly, I mean that. Um, please don't come back to Michigan. Right. Please don't find another year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Joe Milton or Dylan McCaffrey are going to be any better. It's so hard to say, right? Yeah. But, I mean, if they were better, we probably would have seen more of them this season. You did a couple like that, yeah. Yeah. And yeah you know, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is not the problem. No, I, I think I think the problem is we've had just an average quarterback at the helm, and no one behind him is doing anything to separate themselves. Yeah, but we'll see. I'm I've been hopeful that former five star recruit Joe Milton, yes, six foot three, rocket arm kid. Yeah, he's he looks like Dwayne Haskins, who played for Ohio and is now the oh, okay. the quarterback in Washington. Another team I won't say the full name for. Oh. Um, yes, but I've got I've got my reasons. They have a new coach. They have a new coach. <laughs> they do have a new coach, and they still have the same idiotic owner, mm-hmm. Dan Snyder. Can go. Who wished everyone happy Thanksgiving the other day? Yeah, I know. I like, happy Thanksgiving. We have a new coach. Oh wait, it's wait, it's, it's like New Year. Yeah, January first. Yes, <laughs> happy something. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, you're right. gonna tear me apart anyway. I'm Dan Snyder. <laughs> I suck. Um, where were we? Were we talking about theater? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I got off on the tangent there. You're. Education is something I didn't know about. Oh, like mm-hmm. going to that type of school. Mm-hmm. Is that, have you, what's the difference you'd say you've picked up on? Cause you also teach Yeah. in the environment, the teaching environment here mm-hmm. to that. And I don't know if you've been teaching like kids that so, you were your age when you were right. in New York. I but. definitely, I, I teach younger. I am a little bit terrified of like seventh grade and up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I tend to teach much younger. Right, I know. But that what teaching drama to to the age group that I do is so great because it's all about finding your own self-confidence and finding your voice and teamwork. And I mean it's so much more about that stuff as opposed to technique. I mean, I feel like that you can you can always lay the groundwork for that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um, at this age group, but I feel like so much of that can't really be honed and fostered until they're a little bit older and until they've got that groundwork of like, this is who I am. This is, I am okay with my ideas because there is this magical sort of sweet spot from like third to sixth grade where all of their ideas are great. And they are like, no, my ideas are fantastic. And yes, I can listen to your ideas, but all of our ideas are amazing. Mm -hmm. And then you get to about sixth or seventh grade and it's sort of like that, that filter comes over them of like, oh, are my ideas good? Am I gonna look like an idiot out there? And that I think is what's so sad because then they just lose that sort of natural creativity and natural ability to just play. Yeah. And then you have to sort of find it again as you get older. Absolutely. And realize that you're okay just the way you are mm-hmm. and um, your, your opinions are valid. You know, there's so much of we just get in our own way as actors of like, is this going to be a good idea? Is this going to be funny? Mm-hmm. Oh God! Because <laughs> chances are, if you are asking if it's going to be funny, I feel like it's not going to be yeah, funny. Yeah, <laughs> no. no. My first couple of tries at like acting classes were like all improv stuff. Yeah, and I, that's that's all I worried about. Yeah, is like, is this funny? Because improv has always made me laugh. Yes, I've never seen a piece right. of improv like make me think. Right, and. As I've gotten older, of course, I've learned the error of my ways. But like, you get stuck in that. I'm still stuck in that half the time. I no, mean, it's so true. And I had an amazing, an amazing teacher in college. Um, this man is just brilliant. I'm, um, 
And he was, he taught me various subjects, but he had an improv class. It was so great. And it was always just like, don't, don't try to be funny because you're just going to get in your head and it's going to take too long for you to come up with a witty response. Just come up with a response. Mm. Just be honest Mm -hmm. and whatever. And chances are the, the, um, sort of extenuating circumstances will put that funny back in, totally. um, which is great. And I, I, I don't do <laughs> improv. I, <laughs> I, you know, Twister Dickens, uh, uh-huh. Fox. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I was fortunate enough to be called back for that. And it was really, really a, a very, very cool callback, but also just <laughs> you sit there and you're just like, wow, I am so not on the level <laughs> of like the Jess Austin and you know, mm-hmm. the, the amazing, the people who are really, really good at that because it is a skill mm-hmm. that is so, so hard to find. But if you, but I think, I can't imagine that they're all sitting there thinking, well, what would be the funniest thing that I can say in this situation? Yeah. I think instead they're thinking, what is the most truthful thing I can say in this situation? Totally. Well, I, I think so much for like, was what your acting, your improv teacher mm-hmm. was telling you. His name is Paul. He's Paul. Fantastic. He works at USC now. Nice. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, he's a Trojan. I know. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. But my sister is a Trojan too. So. Oh man. I... Love. And actually another, um, another guy that I had at NYU is the head of the department at SC. So there's some there's some NYU SC crossover. All right, um, <laughs> this is going to make a, a, a one of our ghosties really happy. We're talking about the Trojans. Oh, yeah, Dan Rib. Oh, eat it. Yes. So Dan Rib is friends with my sister. They were at SC together. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah they were. That's awesome. They were, um, yeah, in the band together. Oh, did they? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> or if they did, no one ever told me. That's fine. Oh man, I was trying to get you to spill some tea. <laughs> Anyway, because I don't, I, I don't know her. That that's really uncool of me to do that. So, oh, it's Maggie's sister, please don't, uh, please don't hurt me. <laughs> that was that was unprofessional. Um, dialing it back, mm-hmm. um, what it sounds like your your teacher was saying yeah, yeah. is just how, as opposed to even thinking at all, is just responding honestly, which is so much of the work that I, I think we're trying to do on stage generally. Yeah. And it, but it is, it's hard, especially when you're in a dip, when it, when the environment feels different, it, mm-hmm. our brain does such a good job of like compartmentalizing and labeling things. Even yeah. if we are not into labels. Right. I mean, we just get really into this, like, Oh, well, this is this type of performance. And oh, yeah, this yeah. is this type of performance, which is when we were talking, when I was asking you really about the, the three different people, quote unquote, mm-hmm. for singing and acting and, doing musicals and like all that difference. Right. It's, it really doesn't, it's this, it's the subconscious really kicking us. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to respond honestly when you do have these unknown labels that you've attached to things and how you're supposed to be like, yeah. I mean, like, I guess for lack of a better example, common has a song where he says, I like it when you use your white people voice, when you answer the phone at work. And I'm like, Ah, yeah. yeah, we all do that. Yeah. We all have our own voice to be trigger for certain events and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And I mean, when you're on stage, <laughs> like, I mean, like for the longest time, my butt would clinch the second the lights came on and, yeah. and I would, I would feel it all on my butt. And then I would always smirk oh, on yeah, stage. Yeah. And then my right hand would like make a fist these weird yeah. physical things that yeah. I thought were like dynamic choices. Yeah. It turns out, no, you do it every time. Yeah, you just I, do it every I time. Have those. I think we all, I mean, I, probably not all of us, but a lot of us. Absolutely. My son, actually, my older son, my eight year old, I 
did, um, I had to go on last week in um, one of my swing tracks um, in Goodnight Moon at the Denver Center. And I had to go on for the, uh, we call her the old lady bunny. Um, she's the old lady whispering hush. If you've oh, read Goodnight Moon. <laughs> oh, I've had that read to me many times. I'm sure, I'm sure. I fucking love that story. But, I mean, it's beautiful. But, so, um, so my son came and saw, and afterwards I said, oh, you know, what did, what did you think? And he said, I, I really thought, I thought you were very good because you're a mom and you used that annoyed voice that you use with us <laughs> on the bunny and it made it very realistic. <laughs> and so my first thought was like, oh crap, like what annoyed voice? I like, I hate, I don't want him to think, oh, my mom has this annoyed voice, but I mean, every mom has an annoyed oh, voice, yeah, so I'm sure totally, it's fine. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, I'm not really supposed to be annoyed with the bunny in the play, so shoot. <laughs> um, but it was just so funny. It is. It's not like yeah. a child of being like, yeah. you know, that's that's your that is what you do. Oh, yeah, we pick up that's on you. That. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's unrealistic, I think, to imagine that in every performance, in every moment of every time you are on stage, that there's not going to be a little bit of you mm -hmm. <laughs> coming through. Like, absolutely. Just, you know, well, I think. I mean, for the longest time, I. And I don't know how this is for you when, or even now, mm -hmm. like I didn't have, I had, I had college work, right? Like, so that was like yeah. four years. I'm just trying to get my degree sure. and then let me get out. And it was, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a senior until I said like, oh, I guess I'll act when I get out of school. Okay. Yeah. And like graduated and so much of the work I thought I was doing was to like have those blackout moments on stage. Where okay. Sam Gilstrap ceases to exist, right. and it's just this character. Right. Right. I mean, and, and I, because I, and I think as I've grown, as just a, as a person and as an actor, I think the thing that I'm trying to get to is that the balance of you have moments where you're so dialed in mm -hmm. that every response is natural. Mm -hmm. It's you didn't you didn't anticipate it. The words just came. Even yeah. though you know the words, yeah. you've done all that research, you've asked all those questions, it just kind of happens. And when you get to that place, it kind of feels out of body, kind of yeah. feels like a blackout because sure. it's not necessarily controlled. Yeah. But I mean, where was I? I derailed myself. No, no, no. I mean, I think I, what you're talking about too is just a lot of, you know, your individual technique. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we all have our technique that we can fall back on or use all the time. And I think it just depends on everyone's everyone's so different there are some actors who are like oh i only use my technique when i am stuck mm. or <clears throat> i use my technique all the time or whatever yeah. and so i mean for example my technique is we memorize um everything by rote so it's very you know non-emotional it's just memorized mm -hmm. and then you can put whatever you need to in you can add those layers in rehearsal and whatever you discover, and then you're still you know, free to do whatever in performance. Um, whereas if you've memorized, I always say this line this way, I always pause at this comma, or I always, um, my voice always goes up here or whatever it mm -hmm. is, then, then you're stuck there totally. or more likely to be stuck there. Mm -hmm. um, whereas if you've memorized it by rote, then that's not going to happen as much. Yeah. Um, and then the other piece of my technique that I've always really relied on is this miser technique called repetition mm -hmm. where you are basically just saying what you're receiving. And so when you're saying what you're receiving from the person, you know, you know, you're pensive mm -hmm. and they would say back to me, I'm pensive. Um, and then, you, you know, however you change, you continue to repeat in that fashion. Um, and then when you put that into 
your actual work, mm -hmm. you're able to respond to, oh, I'm, I'm now, I'm so used to practicing that, that I'm seeing what this person is giving me and I can put a name to it and that can inform the delivery of the next line. Uh -huh. So you, I mean, you have all these tools in your sort of wheelhouse that you can always use and that you can always fall back on if you need it. But sometimes there is, there's just that little thing. Like I've got Maggie-isms. I'm sure that mm -hmm. people would be like, oh, well, every time Maggie's in a show, she does this. Mm -hmm. And I probably know some of them and I probably don't know a lot more of them. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, we're all human and we're all just... Absolutely. Yeah, trying to be as honest as we can mm -hmm. out there, I think. Mm -hmm. Which, there's also separation and um, separating yourself from the character. And I, there had been someone in town and I won't say their name, but um, they're someone that I really, really respect. And they had sort of posed this question of how do you separate, um, you know, when you finish a performance and you're, how do you separate yourself from it? Because sometimes you still feel very stuck mm. in there. And I couldn't help but think of our experience um, two times ago that we worked together mm. in United Flight 232, which that show would end. And... I mean, literally we would all meet together in the green room and we would make sure to hug every mm. person, which yeah. I loved. This yeah. is a, that was a highly emotional piece. I mean, it's a, it's about a plane crash. It's about death. Yeah. Um, but then how do you separate from it? You know, that yeah. night when you're going home, <laughs> how are you not sitting there thinking about death and all of that? And so I think that too is where you can really rely on that technique of, of separating yourself, but you have to be in it too. I mean, yeah. you can't, you can't just look at that show or an experience like that from above and expect to give a genuine performance. Oh well, yeah. You had to be in it. And I think that's what made that so special. Definitely. I think, I mean, like that, that process for me in terms of like shutting it off, like it, it definitely changed. Obviously midway through the rehearsal process, I had to, I had to pick up a different part. Yeah, and then that character, I mean, we got, when we were in tech week, I mean, Amanda, um, this always, Amanda uh, Wilson. Amanda yeah. Wilson. Our, Hi, our our new boss also. Yeah, um, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, but this anyway, the, my ghosties I've learned over the last couple of podcasts. This turns into a Catamounts love fest. Uh, but she was like really hard on me to like ramp up the urgency behind Kevin and like not have those beats. And so I I the opening night. And like the night before, mm -hmm. one of my biggest issues was like my heart was beating faster than I could think. Yeah. And I and, and that's just like that's like a self control thing. Sure. Like that's just like okay, you understand you have to ramp up the urgency. You got to pick up the pace. Those are things that you can do without freaking yourself out. Sure. And um, yeah, there were I I got off stage at the end of opening night and I was like short of breath. Like I couldn't mm -hmm. change right away. I had to like stare in the mirror. And that's all stuff that. Even with the like four minute cool down that we give the audience before we take our bows and leave, sure. like that's you still like I was still carrying that because you're just yeah. rushing so much. And then mm -hmm. a piece like that where you're trying to bring a plane crash to life, right? Like, I, I mean, yeah, you're right. You can't. I don't think that works in a stage reading. You know, yeah. yeah. I think I think that doesn't work in a presentational. I'm not going there as far as I can mm -hmm. because I'm afraid of what it will do to me. Right. Like, and now I'm just, now I'm just sounding pretentious going like <laughs> I was capable of getting there and back. But and what I mean is like, I mean, sometimes you're better at it than others. I mean, well, you just don't want to dip a toe. You don't want to just dip a toe into that experience. Right. And I, I think if you're, if you're just doing that in any performance, it's mm -hmm. going to read to the audience and then they'll, that 
for better or for worse, it allows them to pull themselves out of the experience mm -hmm. to a degree. Yeah. Like, oh, he's only toe deep. That's cool. I don't need to lean in. He doesn't care. Yeah. She doesn't care. So yeah. on and so forth. Um, one of the things that while you were talking about techniques and mm -hmm. stuff like that, um, with your background, with my background, with my opinions on things, with your opinions on things, right. have you felt that that's, has that ever gotten in the way in terms of how you like approach seeing other people's work? And I, and, and, and let's, they'll, I'll start with this right now. This could be a Rubik's cube conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think we all have things that we like, um, to see from, from productions mm -hmm. and from actors in general. And when we go see people whose work we're familiar with, we have things that we want to see from them and things that we're like, Oh, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. eh, I don't love that about that person. Totally. And there are things about me that, Oh, why do I always do that? You know, it's mm -hmm. like, I wish I could find something else to do. I hate that I do that. Um, or fall back on whatever that mannerism is or whatever. Um, but I think you don't want to see someone's technique on stage. Yeah. You really don't. That's true. Boring, you yeah. know? Um, so I, and maybe I'm just, I'm kind of, I can be a really easy mark. Like I, they sort of identified this about me in college too. Like I, I will cry every, everything. <laughs> <laughs> I will cry. Um, so it's kind of like one of those things where if I'm going to be moved by most things simply because simply because that's my personality. Mm -hmm. um, but I would never, I, I don't necessarily know oh, that person clearly has a technique that they're using right now or whatever. Mm -hmm. like, that's not really the times, times where I do notice it is um, you can sometimes tell, especially younger actors who are right out of school or people who maybe didn't go to school. You can tell certain things about their work in the rehearsal room um, in mm -hmm. terms of what type of preparation they do or how prepared they are, or how not prepared they are, how much they want to sort of discover everything in rehearsal, how much they've already discovered. I think that's kind of where you can see totally. someone's schooling or yeah. not, which isn't, you know, which I've, isn't a good or bad thing. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. It is not a good or a bad thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's part of the growth. It's part yeah. of the process. Yeah. I, uh, I find that when I get self-conscious about my growth, yeah. on an individual level. And then I go see other people's work. I get really judgmental. I get really mean. Oh, and, yeah. I, and I think, and, and I mean, we get there. I get there because of my own insecurities. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing a piece at the, at the Denver center school. And I, and I told a friend involved in that project, like, Oh, it's interminable. And, blah, 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 blah. Oh. and, and I, and, and like he was really involved in it. And then we yeah. had a conversation a couple months later. And then I, when it wasn't until he called me out, I was like, Oh fuck. You were sitting in that place for so long. Right. You right. were sitting in this, like, because it wasn't what it is. is like, if it's not, if it's not me and it's not moving me to be inspired, then it must not be what it, it must not be. be moving anybody else yeah. either. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cause I'm the arbiter of what right. is touching. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's one Whereas of the things me. I'm like, people are like, Cried in that? I'm like, yeah, but I'm just a crier. Yeah. Well, I mean, you cry when you're doing long division and you have remains are left over. It's just so hard. <laughs> Simpsons reference. Yes, uh, yes. Anyway. But, like, yeah, it's so, for me, it's one of those, like, I didn't know who I was until I became an actor. 
And then like years of doing it, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm an actor outside of, I'm a person outside of being an actor. Yeah. And like, and, and so like, there's for me this like probably an unnecessary amount of reverence for the work that I do. And I take it extremely seriously, probably sometimes way too seriously. Yeah. I've admitted, admitted it to you in front of mutual friends working like, oh, I'm so in my head right now. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just kind of how I overthink a lot of things. Yeah. And when I'm in that space, like I'm not. I'm not thinking about everyone else's journey in their own pr- approach to the work. And I think, you know, it's, it's nice to hear your perspective on it because there are people who would hear she studied at the school that Mamet created. Like they're going to be like, Oh, she's got an opinion about what theater should be. <laughs> right. and, and the fact that you're so like even so does everybody. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But it, it's, I mean, we get locked into those yeah. projections of what we think it should be. Sure. Whether we care or not about what it is we do, yeah, it, it's not. Again, we aren't the ones that decide what quality is and what growth should look and feel like. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, and it's one of those things that the rehearsal process is so interesting in general, and I think a lot of rehearsal processes start with a read through, and then you're up on your feet. Yeah, and I, I feel like you cannot underestimate the importance of table work. You just can't. And yes, there are, there are many factors that go into it. There are some theaters that this is the length of our rehearsal process. Mm -hmm. Um, We do not have time for table work. We kind of table work it as we go, Mm -hmm. which, which can, you know, I mean that it is what it is, right? Schedule is what it is. Um, The problem with that can be that then only 30% of your cast has heard the table work Mm -hmm. and the rest of them maybe don't know. And so it's just a question of like, what is the story that we are trying to tell? And it is my job to tell the story that the director wants to tell. Mm -hmm. Yes. I have my own opinions and yes, maybe I think, Oh, we should do it this way or that way or whatever, but that's not the job that I was hired for. Um, I was hired because the director felt that I could help tell their story. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily, I mean, that does not mean, that a director is a dictator because I mean, I'm sure there are some dictators well, totes, totes. in Denver, um, the but world. in the world, mm-hmm. um, but you're hired because, th- because the director sees that you can help tell that yeah. story. Yeah. And yes, the director is interested in your input and what your thoughts are and absolutely. And how collaborative a process is going to be. But at the end of the day, the director is the one who gets to make the final choices. Absolutely. And if you are not, understanding of what the story the director wants to tell, then how the heck are you supposed to tell it? Right. And I think so sometimes we do. We see shows I was talking to it was an anecdotal story with a friend a few months ago where a, a an actor had been given a note at the end um of the at the end of the rehearsal process, like second to last tech possibly. Mm. And uh the choreographer actually was the one who said, Oh, I'm not believing that, that you're in this situation that you're, that you're in. And the actor literally was like, I did not know that that was the situation that we were supposed to be in because no one ever told me. Mm. I thought we were just supposed to, you know, look sort of sad or whatever. And so it's like, if if that message hasn't been conveyed to every single member of the cast, Mm then how are you, you're not telling the same story. Totally. So that I think is just the biggest thing is you are all telling the same story and you have to be on the same page about it. Oh man. Yeah. You got to buy in. Yeah. 
You got to buy in. It's because you're, and you're absolutely right. The director believes that I can facilitate their vision better than anyone else. And that's why I got the job. Right. You know, and if you don't grab onto that and try and do that work in rehearsal and out of rehearsal, Uh so much of, especially if you've got a a truncated rehearsal process, you've got to do the work at home and we all got jobs. The vast majority of us do the lucky ones, maybe not, you know, and so they can do this easier. Sure. The fortunate, hardworking ones that already knocked out their, their earnings. So good for you. (laughs) Um, like those people think they can, but there's the, the balance has got to be struck in that and the actor's life as well as in the rehearsal life. I I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a moment thinking of like, this is the choice and this is working. And then, then you get to opening or not opening, but then like the like tech, we can go like, you've been doing this since we started. And I kept hoping you would change it. I'm like, Why don't oh, you say something on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, can we just like, can we, all right. So tell me what we're doing now. Yeah. What's the moment yeah. that I've been in? Yeah. And, I, and it's, it's sometimes it could be easily diagnosed with just understanding a word better yeah. or actually like reading other people's lines. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. that's mm-hmm. part of it too. Like to like, what are they talking about? Yeah. What are they fighting you for? Gotta know, yeah. You have to know what you have to know what is happening in the scene. And yeah. that, and that was a, another part of, you know, my technique, um, that I was, you know, that was drilled into me was mm-hmm. you got to know what exactly is happening in the scene. You have to know what exactly your character wants and you have to know what your character is doing, mm-hmm. which is different than what they want because you need something, you need to be able to play, that you're doing something, you know, you can't play. It's really hard to play a want. Yeah. It's easier to play an action, totally. play an action, play the action of what you're trying in order to pursue that want. You have to portray, you have to play an action. Totally. Um, but there are so many times where, um, I'll, I'll be like, yeah, oh, I have been doing this for a really long time and they haven't said anything. Hopefully that means they like what I'm doing. Yeah. And sometimes it does mean they like what you're doing and sometimes it means that they haven't had time to notice it or have or their priorities are elsewhere but there is always that little piece of me that's like because i can do this 17 different ways i just need you to tell me that this way that that this way is the right way or or the way that you want or the best way or whatever it is because i can i can do it and that's my problem is always that callbacks (laughs) because i'll do a callback and i'll be like i'm not a great auditioner Oh. Just, I mean, I, they are not my friends. I can handle a callback. Okay. But if you only get one chance to do it, then I always, I always hear myself saying, and I always, my, my brain is saying, shut up, Maggie, just walk out the door, yeah. say thank you and leave. But sometimes I'll be like, no, I can do it a different way. If you'd like to see it a different way, <laughs> there's a chance where they don't want to see it a different way. No, no. If they did, they yeah. told you. Yeah. They, they, they told you like, thank you. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. They, they loved what you did. And that Absolutely. was all they needed. That was brilliant. Know, Thank you. I always, there's always this, it's like I can't get her to shut up, but she'll yeah. say, I can do it differently. <laughs> please, please let me show you again. Those are the worst for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got I, had, I got cast in something recently, and it, it, you know, it wasn't until I, like, I read the part once, mm-hmm. and, like, and all I knew was that he was, like, a really old guy. I'm like, oh, I'm not a really old guy. So I just leaned into the like the old guy, sure. and then and then I come in there and like and I'm all in character, ready to go. And then uh, he gives me a note. It's like we're not we if we cast this guy, we're probably if we if we're probably not going to do the the way it's written in the script. I'm like, oh, oh okay, so I can I don't I don't have to be an old guy. <laughs> like no, you don't. 
we're like, well, I, I could be. We, we want to say it's like, we, I mean, we got the makeup in the back. Like, I know, I know, I can do that. It's like we're gonna give you a wig or something. And like, you just get locked into this whole choice. Like, let me show you the yes, choices. Yes, this is the way I practiced at home. Oh God, um, which maybe isn't right. No. But yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, the you neurotic just, mind. Yes, that's the thing. It yeah. is. It's your own neuroses are so mm. often your biggest um, uh, enemy. Yeah, um, totally. It gets in the way every time. Oh, yeah. Um, but at the same time, too, it's like, I don't know, there's this whole thing of like, once you've got the job, it's not, <laughs> there's a little part of you that it's still not enough, right? Because there's no. always this feeling of what's next, what's next, what's next. Oh. Um, and proving yourself to the people who have hired you, particularly yes. if it's the first time that you've ever worked with them. Mm -hmm. um, and like, like for me too, and I don't know, I, I hope that I'm not the only person who <laughs> feels this way, but I, like I am terrified of making waves. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, if, I, if I'm the trouble, if I'm the problematic one, mm -hmm. then they won't want to work with me again. Mm -hmm. Some, and sometimes it, that translates into I'm doing something that I don't feel safe doing, or mm -hmm. this is this repetitive motion is physically hurting my body, but I'm afraid if I say something, they won't want to work with me again. Yeah. And, and that is just like, at some point you got to figure out how to get over that. And if anyone knows how to get over that, please, you can reach me on Facebook, <laughs> but it is, it's really hard yeah. because we're always thinking about the future mm -hmm. and once you get hired at one place, you want to work there again. I mean, sometimes you don't, just depends on yeah. personality fit. But yeah, I'm afraid, you know, I'm afraid if I make waves, they won't want me back. Yeah. And that can be oh, not yeah. a great way to work. No, definitely. <laughs> it's the worst because then you're then you're then again when you're when you're already the type of person that's like, I have all these different choices I can make, but if the choice is wrong and is interpreted the wrong way. Right. Uh, right. And then it pulls back what could be something that could really open up the performance. Right. I, I'm, I'm so, it's so funny because like, I, I find myself to be the same way. Like I don't want to be the problem mm -hmm. child. Right. And yet I have been in so many shows where I've been just an arrogant douche. <laughs> the character. No. Oh really? Just yeah. the Sam Gilstrap. <laughs> thinks he's got all the answers. Like in my, uh, one of my favorite stories is like, I was doing, I was doing a uh, cripple Vinishman and I, my ghosties know this well, where I just like, he kept giving me this note, lended about like yeah. not moving, don't move, oh, don't move. Okay. And like, and I'm, and for the entire rehearsal process, I just ignored him. Like, fuck you. He doesn't know. And then like the, he kept giving me the note, and he never got mean. He was always very like, you're you're still not doing what I'm asking you, but if you, I'd, I'd like you to try it, I'd like you to try it, I'd like you to try it. And then like the night before we open, I was like, right, I want him to shut up. I'll do it tonight, and then I'll go back to doing it on Mon on Friday when we open. And uh, I stopped, like it didn't move, and it changed fucking everything. And it was, oh, <laughs> he knew what he was talking about. Yeah, didn't he? <laughs> exactly. So, but like, I, I've, been, I've been that guy where yeah. I'm just like, I'm gonna make my own choices because I don't trust you. Right. And then the second I get caught doing something you want and it works, and I'm like, oh man. And so then I'm but like, that's why you were hired. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. you were hired for so you, apologetic but about. also hired because he thought that you could tell the story that he wanted. Mm -hmm. And when they're telling you the way they want you to do it, you got to at least try it. <laughs> you got to. You got to. But I'm right, Maggie. I hear you. Oh. But you're going to work with him again, so clearly. Yeah, definitely. That's just, so yay, yay that. I'm really glad that that 
that came out. But yeah, you get yeah. you get into that that oh, worry yeah. that worry zone of like, yeah. But it, which is interesting, you again saying that because I also find you to be extremely confident in the choices that you make. But I have so many questions. Yeah, I but the questions so are the things many. that like, I think some people are like, oh great. Now he's got another Sometimes when it's like 1030 and we've been, we rehearsals <laughs> over 30 minutes ago. Like, the, the, can we just talk about scene three again? No, we just did it. We did it. Ah, but like, um, I, uh, Sam Gregory during bus stop. Yeah. He, I, was, I was understudying that, that show for all the dudes and, yeah. like, and he asked questions all the time and it was such a relief Yeah, to have a guy that I've looked up to for a while now. Yeah. Ask oh, questions. Yeah, exactly. and, like, and, and, and because you can only do so much work at home and you can only try so much, try so many things out in the space yeah. during rehearsal. And if you feel that not like you're, there's something missing, you've got to ask those questions because you're trying to tell the same story. Yeah. And that takes confidence though. Yes, that's true. It does. So but don't that, beat yourself up for that. That's true. It's <laughs> when you don't ask the questions, and then all of a sudden it looks like you're in a different play yeah. than everyone else. Oh, I hate that. Because you're not telling the same story. Yeah. Like, your job is to tell one story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you all have to work together. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's like something like Love Actually, and then we can tie it all in the end <laughs> with a nice little Mariah Carey song. So true. Yeah. So true. So true. Oh, God. Hugh Grant's <laughs> secretary. Tree I just wanted to sing again. Uh, badly and really high pitched. I'm I sorry I did that to you. It. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Um, shoot. Did you just lose your train of thought? I, I lost my train of I did. Uh oh. What's up there, Bradley Abeda? Hey, guys. Hey, man. <laughs> he had a show open last night. Yeah, Frosty girl. Nixon at Vintage Theater. Frosty That's right. Go get it. Go get those tickets, man. It's yeah. going to be a good show. It's going to grow for sure. Mark his words. Mark, mark my words. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so that's a, that's a really interesting. That's another play that like you all got to be real on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> the right. Story that you are telling. You got to be in on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You can't be. Uh, you can't be trying to push your own agenda in that. Right. Yeah. Like there was, there's this. Um, oh God, I don't even know if it still exists. But there was this like Twitter account. Oh, I can't remember what it was even called. Like actor something and it was this hilarious Twitter account and there was one one tweet was like do you know that there's a secret plot of cats that you only find out if you're in the show and you do kind of feel like cats is one of those where like they're all just in their own <laughs> story <laughs> like, it's a cohesive piece that's right Run Tub Tucker is actually getting a band together for a, for a bank heist it's a bank heist plot it's like, son of a bitch, I'm in. We win the battle of the bands, we'll get five hundred dollars. That's enough to cure my dad. <laughs> oh man. Oh, by the way, don't go see cats in the movie theaters. Did you actually see it? No, no. I I, I kind of refuse. I'm really enjoying reading the reviews though. The reviews of it are great. Because you know, people who, who don't care about, you know, hurting people's feelings are really nice. I think they're really nice to read their thoughts about. But there was one, I think it was like Esquire who just had his dad review it. <laughs> he like can't remember anybody's name. He's like, I was hoping we'd see more of her because she's got really great legs. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, at the end of the day, you should just be the cat and then you'll like it. Nice. Just be the cat. The first line though of the review was something like, when I was told we were going to see a musical of cats, I assumed I didn't know it was going to be a movie. And he said, and I, I think this story would work better as a play. <laughs> and I was like, that's a, that's a great review there, sir. Yeah, that is a great, that, 
way to way to tap into the truth there, sir. I love that. Oh, yeah, I know they 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 CGI'd out Jason Derulo's uh, bulge. Jason Derulo. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they took out his bulge, and he was really upset by that. Like, dude, just stop. That's the story you created. Like, you're no one was talking about it until you said something in an interview. Like, that's so funny though, because that, wouldn't it be interesting if we could CGI out certain flaws in like our own appearance in theater? Because you have, I, have you not seen the green screen that I bring with me to no, every that's show? True. That's true. You're, it's, it's always it's really distracting. Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's I, I gotta have it. To talk about being in this old play. Totally. But I mean, it is. It's so funny where you're like, you look at production photos and you're always just like, is that the face I make? <laughs> is that what I look like when I am singing? Oh, man. There, Rachel Graham got a shot of me in Lucky Guy. She is the greatest. She's got the best timing in the world. And Rachel. Dirt shots, yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm just like, I think uh, one eye is closed and like my mouth is over to the side. And I, I, I think she caught a moment where I was like in mid cheer at the bar. <laughs> Because it's not my shot. It's a right, group right, shot. Right. And I just, of course, I went straight to me and I'm like, oh, God, is that my face? Yeah. That's the best part of, is that human nature. <laughs> like, anytime we look at a picture, we always look at ourselves first. Yeah. And then we see, like, oh, that's happening over there. I had no idea. But, like, you're really obsessed with, like, what is happening with you in the picture. Yeah, that's why group shots and Tinder don't work. Why? Because then you're like, well, which girl am I going out with? Exactly. You yeah. got to... Or which dude? Right. I hate seeing like multitudes of dudes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not scrolling through dudes and Tinder a lot. But either. But yeah. That's true. No, yeah. Like, just want to, like, come on. Yeah. Pick your best photos. What is it? Is, Carol, <laughs> is it Carolyn Lore? Hi, Carolyn. Hi, Carolyn Lore. She posted a thing of like all the guys with fish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like all the guys go fishing. Is that particularly manly? <laughs> I mean, I think it used to be. Um, I mean, I know Andy Griffith went fishing a lot. Uh, yeah, he was a pretty good fisherman. Um, one of the things that like, women, all these women I know have been to Monte, or not know, but have seen the tin have been to Monte Picchu. Yes, that's so true. I'm like, how? It's all these exotic, yeah. Yeah. Where, where are we all going to Machu Picchu? <laughs> what are we doing here? I pronounced it differently twice because I've never been there. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to say it a fourth time. No. Anyway, like they all go there. Like I, yeah. 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 We all love to travel. I get it. Yeah. I get it. There was a statistic that I heard on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Um, wait. My very no. Don't tell me. Oh. Um, and it was, it was something like, <laughs> if you mention guacamole in your like description of yourself on your dating site, then you're something like 58% more likely to like match. <laughs> so just mention it, you know. Qu and I like guacamole. Yeah. Okay, hold on a second. I gotta update. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Let's see. Guac. I'm telling you, because if you see that, you're like, oh, this person's down for some guac. Great. Hell yeah. We'll give him a shot. Is that like a euphemism now? Down for the guac? Oh my god, maybe it is. I've been married for so long. <laughs> you should try that out tonight. Like, put the kids to bed. Honey, you want some guacamole? <laughs> It's a superfood. It is. It is a superfood. One of my sisters hates it. Oh. What are you gonna do? A disowner. <laughs> she's not part of the family anymore. Whatever you happened to Cheryl? She doesn't like walking home. <laughs> yeah. Cheryl. That would have been really funny for Cheryl. Yeah, it would be awesome. Like, how do you know her? I do it. Mm -hmm. 
Megan, we get to this time in the podcast because yeah. we've been talking about Where guacamole and our, so our, our, our Tinder profiles, which she does not have. I don't. She does not have one. She is happily married. Yes. Please. I, I know your husband very well. <laughs> you are a lucky man. She loves you 100%. Don't let my I, ramblings. No, I'm lucky. I'm the lucky one. This right? Case, yeah. Seriously. You're, you're always... You're still talented. You're working all the time. I have been able to be home at bedtime for the last like six months, which is the first time in ages that that's happened. And it's about to end. <laughs> so I start my work soon. What's but, next? Um, oh, what's next? What's next is Shockheaded Peter. Yes. With the Catamounts. <laughs> Woo! Good friends. The Catamounts. Um, and yeah, that opens um, February uh, 16th. 15th or 16th? 16th, I believe. Yeah. Nice. Anything, anything after that? Um, after that is a Freaky Friday at the Aurora Fox. Some super fun dance stuff with like a, a team that I adore that I worked with a year ago. Sweet. Um, on Carolina Change at the Aurora Fox. If anyone saw that, that was um, a really special project. Um, Kenny Moten will be directing Freaky Friday. Trent um, Hines will be our music director. Jeff Hensley is our choreographer. Um, Sweet. Helen Murray is our producer at the Fox. So it's going to be it's going to be super fun. Nice. JK and John Marius. <coughs> Ooh, mm-hmm. that's going to be great then. Yeah. Nice. It's going to be good. We got some Robert Michael and some great people on that show. So come yeah. see. Definitely, definitely come see. Folks, get your tickets now, especially to uh, Shockheaded Peter. Shockheaded Peter. Put on by the Catamounts. Why yes. am I Why am I playing the Catamounts again? Because we're, we're, we're kind of involved. Members. We're company members. So uh, there's, our, there's our shameless plug. Yes. Um, Go get your tickets now, family. Yes. I mean it. That one's going to be great. And it's going to, um, you know, the, the dairy in Boulder, mm-hmm. they have limited tickets that they can sell. So yeah. I mean, they're going to they're, they're gonna put, they want to create as much playing space as they possibly can mm-hmm. and put the audience inside the piece. Yes. More times than not. Yes. So we don't, I, yeah. we don't do proscenium. I will admit to you that I'm a little nervous for this one. Oh, you should be. <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, you should be. Wild ride. I, re- I, I was reading it and I'm like, I don't know how they, they're going to do it because they do it and it's going to be amazing. But it's going to be super cool. It's yeah. Gonna it's going to ask a lot of you though, but you got the game. You'll be fine. We'll see. Maggie, when we get to this point of the podcast yes. where we get off the rails and we start shamelessly plugging things and we want more cheese and beer. Yes. Um, I always ask this question. Yeah. What's that ghost light you wish was put on for you when you got started? What's that piece of advice? Yeah. Um, it's so interesting. I, I think it's so important to, I've, I've talked so much already with you on this about being in my own way so mm-hmm. much. And I think that is something that can never stop being ingrained into people is you have to get out of your own way and you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe that you are worthy of being in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it can be really scary. Sometimes we feel like we're not. I, I'm working for the first time at the Denver Center and where I have worked for, even when I first worked with the Catamounts, I was just like, what am I doing here? I'm a children's theater actor who does nothing else. I'm not sure. How did I get here? Did someone else, mm-hmm. you know, what, how did my name even get on this list? And I think that is the biggest thing of like, you are there because you were hired to tell a story and they believe that you are the only person or the best person to tell that story. And you deserve to be there. And the show will not be the same show if you're not there and if you're not bringing 100%. Absolutely. 
So yeah, no, I think and I also know. wish that I had taken more dance classes in my childhood. <laughs> after my la after my most recent audition for a musical, yes, <laughs> yes, golly, oh man, I I split my pants so bad. Oh, oh that well, a... that's how you know it's that you just really you're putting it all out. There. Yeah, I was. Oh, I was putting it all out there for sure. Um, picked the wrong day to go commando. Oh, oh. Rubik's cube. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think when you, and the same can be said for when you walk into the audition, folks. Ghosties, when you walk into the audition room, know this beyond anything else. Mm -hmm. They want you to be good. They are not sitting there waiting for you to suck. So true. As, as a person who's directed a show, I was blown away by so many people I had thought I was making an assumption about, and that was because it was my first time directing. And then I realized, Oh, talking to directors that they really want everyone that walks into that room to be freaking amazing yeah. because it makes, yes, it makes their job harder, but then it makes the time go by and then they're energized. Yeah. So if they look tired, that's just because they haven't seen your performance yet. Yeah. That's so show them, show them what you got because you do belong in that room. Yeah. They do want you there. You're there for effing reason. Absolutely. And um, there are so many other like factors, you know, I mean, obviously we talk a lot about casting and, um, you know, oh, well, these people need to look like they're a family or whatever. There's so many factors that don't go into why you did or did not get the job. But also, like we were talking about before of, of um, oh, but I, you know, I, I can do it differently or I've been doing it the same way the whole time. They haven't said anything, so it must be good. And sometimes they're just too darn busy worrying about, like, what's the lighting going to look like? And, you know, the director's brain is just being pulled in so many different directions that mm. sometimes it's just not about you. Yeah. <laughs> and we, you know, yeah. it's hard to realize like, no, but it should always, it should always be about, be about me. me. And that's not the case. Nope. It's about the story. It's about the story. Tell the fucking story. Definitely. So buy in, do your research and buy in. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the artist is Maggie Tisdale. <laughs> Thanks. She's awesome. She's kind. I hope you get a chance to work with her. Um, in the future, and I hope you get to go see her if you're just the the casual theater fan, yes. because I think it's going to be a treat. Shockheaded Peter, Shock Freaky Peter Fridays, Friday. that's what she's got going on next. Yeah. Um, big ups to moms out there working. Yes, and big husbands ups who who cover their butts yeah. and vice versa. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the, the 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 song is "War" by the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. If you haven't gone out there and downloaded it on iTunes, please do so now. Because they don't know that I'm using their song, and <laughs> so maybe don't. <laughs> no, no, I'm trying to bump up their monies. Hopefully, yeah. Um, anyway, yes, War by the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. This has been the Ghost Lights Podcast. I love you, Ghosties. We're gonna try and come back sooner than later. I promise. All right, we're out of here. Cheers. Cheers.